Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Back in the attic with new artwork today, Wilbon, we're going to start with Dr. Anthony Fauci. He was talking on Snapchat and he said he didn't know when sports would resume, but he hoped sports would resume. He's obviously a fan. And he said there won't be fans in the stands. The players will pretty much be centrally located. They'll be tested. They'll be surveilled because the players have to be safe. I, I just wonder how you feel about this, whether you think it's it, it's a hopeful response from the guy who's in charge, in essence, of the country's health. Yes, Tony, hopeful, but not a prediction. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, what was most interesting to me about Fauci's comments, and I listened to them, were the the way he started. When he says to the interviewer, to be honest with you, I don't know. Pause. I don't know. And, I, you know, I know people get tired of me sitting here every day. Every time there's a plan, I say, I'm sorry, I'm not listening because we don't know. And Fauci. The ultimate expert for a great many of us, because he comes to us every day in our homes now and we hear Fauci and there's something completely credible, I think, to most of us, certainly to to me. And I know how you feel about him. But when he says, Tony, to be honest, I don't know. He's of course, he's hopeful. He even mentions like you. He's a Nats fan. He's a Nationals fan. He wants to see a baseball season, but he doesn't know. And he's talking about August and he's talking about college football and football largely and an abbreviated baseball season. So I stopped it. I don't know. I'm not going to say I didn't hear the rest of it, but that's what got yeah, me. Yeah, I went further. I went further. I mean, and all I want to do is say shout out to Tony Fauci, Nats fan, World Series and all of that. But he wants there to be sports. This plan sounds a lot. To, and I don't even want to call this a plan. Yeah, it's not a what plan. What he is talking about. Yeah, what he is talking about sounds a lot like the original NBA plan centered in Las Vegas. It right. sounds a lot like the baseball plan centered in Cactus League and Grapefruit League stadiums. To me, the most important thing here is hope. I believe that in circumstances like this, it's the responsibility of the government to uplift us and talk about hope. I believe and they believe that sports is important, not documentaries about sports, not not. K2 or 2K, you know, not real sports. Live sports is important. And when Anthony Fauci talks about that it will eventually come back, though he doesn't know when, and it would sort of look like this, that makes me happy. I had Ron Darling on the podcast today, Mike, who's a mutual friend of ours. And we talked about baseball because that's Ron's sport. And he said, this is the year that it's a total asterisk year. This is the laboratory experiment year. When it does come back, Let's try everything. Let's try seven-inning doubleheaders. Let's try more TV, more people mic'd up. Let's try to speed the game along. And if it works, you use it in the future. And if it doesn't, you throw it out. Uh, again, that to me is, is hopeful. I understand your reservations. They are accurate. I just get past the I don't know when into when it does. You know what I mean? I get past that. How do we swap roles here? How did you become the hopeful optimist and I become the guy going, eh, what happened? Huh? Yeah. You've it's been in that attic too long. You got, after all these years. You must have some fountain of youth stuff up there in the attic. Tony, let's go to college. And, and now we're going to get back to some skepticism probably. 
the commissioners of five conferences, let's call them the group of five. So not the power five group of five is asking the NCAA for some concessions to relax the requirements that are necessary to compete division one, including Tony, things like scholarship minimums and the number of sports a school must offer in order to be division one. Tony, do you see concessions like these? If the NCAA does say yes, eventually, do you see this dramatically affecting college sports? So I was surprised in the story by a couple of things. I was surprised that the loss of money to the schools by not having the NCAA tournament was $375 million. I guess they didn't have a very good insurance plan. I was surprised that there were D1 schools, how much money they were required to spend in scholarships. Because my school, Binghamton, is a a low-level D1 school. We don't even have a football team. I don't know where we're supposed to get this money. But I've thought about this stuff. I don't know if college football is going to be back. This isn't the pros. These athletes are exploited. It's not, they're not getting paid. It's, it's really a different circumstance. So I don't know about that. But one of the solutions I would have is don't cut sports. Don't, like if you have golf and soccer and softball and lacrosse, stop flying your athletes all the way across the country. Agreed. If you go to school in Boston, there's a hundred schools in Boston. Play the schools in Boston. Before you start cutting sports, cut your expenses. Are you with me on that? Tone, travel is one of the great expenses, often the number two. But, but look, there's some bigger problems here, like annual giving. There are going to be some things that are down. You can't play these things in empty stadiums, not football. Because first of all, I mean, these, these kids are students. And if the students aren't on campus, you can't ask them to play. Speaking of exploiting them. But Tony, yes, look, we live in Washington, D.C., and all those eight or nine Division One programs, they're flying, they're zooming all around the place to, 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 to have competition. Play each other. Stay there. Stay off a plane. At least for a year or two or five, whatever you need to do to recoup some of this or slash spending. So, Tony, we are in agreement there. But, Tony, there's some bigger things that can't be controlled necessarily. Annual giving, which is enormous when you're talking about football programs. And, Tony, gate. Gate doesn't mean much to the NFL teams, but it means everything, not everything. It means a lot to college teams, particularly the ones that don't have, say, the Big Ten Network television contract. So, Tone, I don't I don't know if you're going to be able to preserve these programs in Cincinnati or somebody just cut men's soccer like yesterday. It just I think, yeah, since Cincinnati cut soccer, this is going to be used as an excuse to get rid of non money making sports. There's a wider view here. This is a college experience. A lot of schools have an awful lot of people that walk onto teams and want to play. Stop killing those sports. Don't do that. Narrow the circle of where your athletes go. We will move from that to something I know you're going to be excited about. We're going to move to Bill Lambeer and the Bad Boys. And I know you love the Bad Boys as a team. Bill Lambeer went on first take today. And he said he thought that LeBron James was better, better than Michael Jordan, the best player of all time. He made the comment that from the first day LeBron James got into the league, he was involving his teammates, which sounded like he didn't think Jordan was doing that. He and Jordan were rivals for a long time. But are you persuaded at all by what Lambeer says about LeBron? Let me say this about Bill Lambeer. You know, I have LeBron. LeBron on my own. I don't need Bill Lambeer. LeBron is on my Mount Rushmore of basketball players. You know that. Russell, Magic, Michael, LeBron. 
Bill Lane Beer, in the context, listen to me now, in the strict context of basketball and, and, and the Bulls-Pistons rivalry, which was hated, Bill Lane Beer is the most loathsome individual in the history of Chicago sports. Loathsome. He's hated. The phrase, consider the source, never meant more. Nothing that Bill Lane Beer says about the Chicago Bulls, considering the way the Pistons slunk off. Is that a word? Slunk off the court when they got swept by the Bulls in 91, considering that. And yes, there are people on that team I admire. Isaiah Thomas, the way he played his whole career, Joe Dumars, Michael Jordan got rings for half the Pistons later in their afterlife. John Sally, Buddha Edwards, Dennis Rodman, and probably somebody I'm missing. Bill Lane Beer, nothing he says about Chicago sports or the Bulls specifically could possibly matter to me. I love LeBron. So this is interesting to me. Apparently it was on first take yesterday and, and, and not today. I was corrected in my ear. I love Bill Lambeer in this regard. He's the perfect wrestling villain. He probably said, you know, there's this documentary on Jordan. Let me throw of some course. cold water on this documentary and throw it on Jordan. Because I beat Jordan for a while, and then Jordan beat me for a while. I will say this about LeBron. Um, you know I'm a magic guy. I think he's yes. the greatest player of all time. If it's just about rings, it's Bill Russell. But we can go back and forth. If LeBron were to get a title with the Lakers and take three different franchises to NBA titles that it doesn't make him better than Jordan, but it puts him in the same sentence as Jordan. And I think even you will say at some point they are at least in the same sentence. And LeBron has done that over a long period of time. Right. Understand me about this. LeBron's greatness is here. It's established. It, it's already established. Bill Lane Beer, in the context <laughs> of people like me, is loathsome. And by the way, I think Bill Lane Beer was born in the suburbs of Chicago. I think he was. Thank God he was shipped out. There is no athlete, none. And I speak for, <laughs> I speak for nine to 12 million people. No one is more loathsome than Bill Lane Beer. Are we clear on that? I thought that's we why were. I love him. Go ahead. Thank you very And Go by ahead. the way, Hall of Famer. And by the way, you know what? I wished we'd had him. He's great, Bill Lane Beer. <laughs> Bill Lane Beer totally underrated and underappreciated hated him now let's go to Dak Prescott speaking of first take and something that's a must on first take every day for 438 straight days like Cal Ripken Dak Prescott Tony is trying to refute apparently or is refuting the TMZ report that he had like 30 or more people at a party I think a birthday party at his house no social distancing there although those Texas houses are huge Dak says he had closer to 10 people. It was a dinner, not a party. Tone, do you think this is going to affect ultimately? He's in a contract negotiation still, even though he's been franchised. Is it going to affect the Cowboys' commitment to Dak? Okay, so I saw the same video that you did. I don't know how many people were there, but there was a lot of food. There was a lot of food is all I'm going to say. Look, the most scrutinized position in the NFL is quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys the most scrutinized, the most celebrated, the most rewarded. Everything you do in that position is magnified. If you are seen as somebody who is flouting the rules, that will be magnified. If in that position you don't perform well, you are in trouble and everything in your past is brought up. If you perform well and you win a title, the way that Roger Staubach did, the way that Troy Aikman did, you can do anything. 
into whatever you want because you want a title in Dallas. I think it's a bad look. Optically, this is a very bad look. I don't think it hurts Dak Prescott if he plays great. Are you in agreement on that? Uh, first of all, it's if it's true. I mean, if it's true. I don't know that it's true. But I will just say this. I'm not going to bring up any names, but I have received several phone calls from you at the end of the day, when you go out in solitude, you have your walk with your dog, not Maggie, but this current dog. Yeah. And you call me and you say, Jesse. I was walking down the street and I just saw a clump of millennials sipping wine and hanging out and you go crazy. That's right. And Dak Prescott is of the age of the people that you always call me about and rail about. And this is across the country, greater Washington, D.C., down there at the pier. They had to close it for a while. People were showing up like it was an after work party. So so this is not I don't know, Tony, this is not all that rare. I mean, you hate to hear it. You hate to see it, given what they were going through in America and the world. But, I, you know, seriously, I'm going to I'm going to hold Dak Prescott responsible for like all millennial behavior. Not even I am not Henri. That would be lame beer like to be that Henri. Not even I go that far. I'll give you this one thing with Dak Prescott. When you saw the table of food, yeah. I didn't see any chunky soup. Isn't he making money from chunky <laughs> soup? Shouldn't that have been out there? You, you, you gotta, I mean, you gotta take care of the sponsor, right? Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like your mom, when you fill out really, really important paperwork on the first day of a new job. Name, check, birthday, social security, is that a thing? Hey, Mom, what is my social security number? Mom? 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 Okay, let's guess. Uh, zero, zero, one, seven. Oh, Gemini. Hashtag. Done. Geico. Always there for you with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Let's put on glasses and start with the happies. Happy 64th birthday, Michael Cooper. Cooper is probably the least celebrated and least recognized of the Showtime Lakers. But when Larry Bird calls you the best defensive player to ever guard him, that elevates you in everybody's eyes. Cooper grew up in L.A., graduated from Pasadena High School. He's a five-time NBA champion and was first-team all-defensive team five different times, including being named Defensive Player of the Year in 1987. Cooper has coached in college, the NBA, and the WNBA, where he led the L.A. Sparks, to two titles in 2001 and 2002. He's currently coaching high school in L.A. County. This qualifies Cooper as a basketball lifer. Championship teams are often built around one or two players, but it takes all sorts of players to build a champion. Cooper was the defensive specialist. It's hard work. It's not glamorous. But as we see, it pays off. Well, Tom, wasn't he? I mean, he's the perfect teammate for that group, right? I mean, you know, some of the selfless stuff, but Cooper was still the big hero in some games. And look, you coach this long, your basketball intellect must be pretty darn high. And that speaks as as well to the kind of teammate Michael Cooper was and how necessary he was to those Showtime Lakers. Happy anniversary, Jackie Robinson. 
On this day 73 years ago, Robinson made his debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. As hard as it is to believe now, Robinson was the first black player ever in the major leagues. The notion of second-class citizens may have persisted long after this act, but it no longer officially persisted in baseball, our national pastime. There have been books written and movies made about this day, about the heroism of Robinson and Brand Tricky and Pee Wee Reese, and the villainy of many around the league. You should read these books. You should see these movies. For all the great heroes in sports, for all the courage that athletes display, none was ever more courageous than Jackie Robinson, who died young because the struggle wore him out. In 1997, Robinson's number 42 was retired for every team in baseball. No other player has ever received this honor. Tony, I know what a hero Jackie Robinson is to you. Uh, in my house, you know, I didn't get to see Jackie Robinson play. I, I play. I think he retired the year I was born. But growing up from then on, you know, you didn't root against the Brooklyn Dodgers or the Dodgers when they moved to L.A. You didn't root against the Dodgers. And I couldn't understand this as a kid from Chicago, why my father held the Dodgers. He, he, the Dodgers so close. And then it extended from Jackie Robinson to Campanella and, and all the great Dodgers players. And so this day, I think for people who grew up with any sense of that, even though he retired before I was born, it's like a baseball holiday, is it not? The most important social and cultural and political act in the history of American sports. Happy anniversary, Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns. On this day, 35 years ago in Las Vegas, marvelous Marvin Hagler took out Tommy Hearns, the Motor City hitman, in the third round to win the undisputed middleweight championship of the world. This was an era of great lighter weight fighters. Hagler, Hearns, Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran were every bit as popular and worthy as the heavyweights had been. Even Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, and George Foreman. This particular fight went about eight minutes. Hearns dominated the beginning. Hagler dominated the end. I've watched a lot of great fights in my life. This is the greatest fight I ever saw. It wow, was primal. It was what? vicious. It was furious. And in the fury and the viciousness was a terrible beauty. You got this one on your list. One on the Tony Kornheiser. God help me, but I love it so. Fight list. I, I'm going to yeah. have it too. Yeah. I got to go Thriller in Manila. I mean, I, I mean... Come on, Tony. I mean, Ali Frazier, that of the of the three, that was the best of the three. I know you agree to that. I, you know what, though? I think this is two or three. I might go Leonard Duran two or Leonard Duran one. Both of those are so good, but you're so right. That 147-pound weight class and there were other guys like Benitez, it was so great. You were as happy to watch those guys as you were the big boys back in that time period. All right. Kevin, you and I, we're boys, right? We're boys. 